0: Thank you guys so much for that. Uh, that video, that is actually uh, Hunter Stovall. Many of you guys know Pastor Andy Stovall. That's his son. And he was actually running. Uh, part of his running was on the Greenway right here in Smithfield. Let me just throw out a plug for that. If you've never had an opportunity to walk the Greenway in Smithfield, you need to do that. It is amazing. It's very uh, beautiful, uh, great sights. And so, man, take some time with your family to walk down the Greenway. Now, with the Let me just say to you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. As you've come in, we issued a challenge to you guys a few weeks ago about a diaper drive that we were doing. And this diaper drive, what we've done is we've connected with the Junior Women's League of Smithfield. And basically, we are collecting diapers for the Partnership of Children right here in Johnston County. And if you've noticed, right over here in this corner out here in the foyer, it is completely full filled with diapers, and man, I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, We're going to run this probably one more week, and then we're going to take all the diapers, load them up, and get them to the people that so desperately need that, and so guys, thank you again for that. Man, I mean that with all of my heart. There's never been a need that we've issued that you guys didn't step up and answer the call, so man, come on. Give yourself a hand right there for that. Thank you guys so much. Much for being a part of that and getting involved again, one more week, we'll keep that open and then we'll pack all of that up and get it to so many families who are in desperate need uh, of the diapers. Now, with that, how many of you guys know it's getting cool? Come on, anybody notice that? Getting cool in the house. So, with that, guys, I want to be serious just for a moment. I want you to lean in, and this is going to sound very elementary. But I want to just, I really want to lean into the importance of what I'm getting ready to say here. Uh, change the batteries in your smoke detectors. Change the batteries in your smoke detectors. And you're like, Pastor, why are you saying that? Guys, listen, uh, in in the industry that I'm in, on my part-time job, I see way too many things happening because smoke detectors are not working. So please, please, please change your batteries. I'm even going to say this to you. If you need help with that, if you're, uh, Pastor, I'm not comfortable getting on the ladder. I don't know how to do that. You know what you need to do? Here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Take the card in the back seat in front of you, write on that card your name and your phone number and an address and I am going to call you and say, hey, how can I help you? How can this church help you to just change it. And you say, man, that's simple. No, it's not simple. Again, I really mean that with all of my heart. Take some time to change the batteries in your smoke detectors. If you need help with that, we're here to help you. We're here to help you to do that. And I know we've got a chief building inspector in the house who would say... Amen to that. Amen. So please do that. If we can help you with that, we want to do that. And we want to come alongside you with that. Now with that also... We have got something very exciting coming up for all of our men in the house. If you're a man in the house, just kind of give me a get. whoop. Come on, all the men. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Guys, we have got something. I think we've got a slide up here. We have got something called a wild game meal that's coming up. It's coming up, and the slide is somewhere. But anyway, it's a wild game meal that's coming up on November the 21st. November the 21st, we are really blessed in this house. Uh, We have got a gentleman here, Mr. Bob Martin, who is actually the president of the Johnston County Wildlife Association. And so he has graciously said, hey guys, come on out to the Ponderosa right there in Smithfield, and we've got the address and all that good stuff we'll give you. But come out, and look, we're going to have some wild hog, we're going to have some deer meat? Come on, man meat. Amen? Where's the man in the house? We're going to have some man meat. Amen? So we're going to do that on November the 21st from 10 o'clock a.m. until... 10 o'clock until, we're going to eat somewhere around lunchtime, but they've got a 12-acre pond on this thing. There you go right there. They've got a 12-acre pond out there, so you uh, guys, bring your kids out, bring your boys out, maybe some of your your ladies out if they would like to fish, and come out and just fish a little bit, and then guys, we're going to get together, and we're just going to have a time of eating and fellowship together, maybe even do a short devotion, but just to have a good time as men. And so here's what I need you to do. I just need you to thank Mr. Bob Martin. So can you just all just say, thank you, Mr. Bob. Bob. Yes, man. And if you want to know who he is, he is right there. So man, thank him so much for that. Here's how you register because we need you guys to register because we want to know how many guys is coming to this. Go to the bridge app. Or you can go to BridgeChurch or BridgeChurch.cc, go to the Bridge app or the website, click on events. You're going to see this right here. Click on that and register. I think we've already got several guys already that's registered. We just went live with this literally late last night. And so make sure you get up there and make sure you register so we will know how much food to prepare and bring. This is a free event, guys. It's free. And uh, it's just man meat. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's man meat. So all of the guys in the house said yes. Yes. All of the guys in the house said, I'm going to register. I'm going to register. Three of you. Okay, so. <laughs> amen. <laughs> so, but this is something that we're doing for all of our guys, man. We want to get together with our guys and hang out and eat together and fellowship together and just have a wonderful time uh, just hanging out. It's a free event. Look, here's my challenge to you guys you've got two or three guys that you know that don't know Jesus, why not get them and bring them to something like this? It's free. All they're going to do is sit down and eat and fish, and we're going to love on them, and we're going to have a good time together, and you never know what could come out of all of this. So let me just kind of throw that in there to you real quick. Also, as you guys know, I mentioned to you last week that hopefully within the next two weeks... We will uh, start the process of putting cameras in here, new sound equipment, so that we can start live streaming our services. So many of our people are still at home, and so we want to start live streaming our services uh, for them and then for so many other people. So, thank you guys, thank you, thank you. Are you guys ready for the word today? Amen. Let's get into the Word. Last week, we started this brand new series called Stop Running Scared. Stop Running Scared. And this series really is just all about fear and the spirit of fear and how do we handle the spirit of fear that comes into our lives. And we said last week that there are literally thousands of recognized fears or phobias in the world today. Thousands. So, with that, I thought we'd have a little fun just like we did last week. And I've got some phobias that seem a little odd, but I thought we'd have a good time with them. So, here's the first one right here. Here's the first phobia. I cannot pronounce that word. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that word, but that phobia is the fear of long words. Come on, somebody. Does anybody have that phobia in the house today? Here's another one for you. And again, I'm not going to even try to pronounce that word, but that is the fear of peanut butter getting stuck to the roof of your mouth. Come on, anybody have that fear? How many of you guys love peanut butter in the house today? Yes. So the next time you stick that spoon, come on, how many of you guys do that? You just stick that spoon in there and just take a big old clunk of it out. How many of you know that phobia is going to pop in your mind the next time you do that? Here's another one for you. This is pagonophobia. Pagonophobia, that is the fear of beards in the house. Come on, somebody. Guys, I told you if you can't grow it here, you grow it here. Amen? So that's the fear of beards. Beards. Here's another one for you. anti uh, antideophobia. Anti-deophobia, that is the fear of being watched by a duck. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever experienced that? Have you ever been out fishing on a lake or somewhere or walking through the park and there's that duck that just comes up and just. He just stares at you. Come on, turn to somebody and say, That's just freaky, man. That's freaky. But it is a phobia. Here's another phobia. I can actually relate to this. This is my jerichophobia. My jerichophobia, that is the fear of cooking. Oh, yes. Come on, somebody. How many ladies you know your man has that fear? Come on, somebody. Just holler at me. Holler at me. Missy's constantly coming to me talking about, when you gonna cook? And I'm like, baby, there it is. My jerichophobia. I, I just, I can't cook. I don't cook. And then last but not least, here's one for you. Ergophobia. That is the fear of work. Woo! Come on, anybody have that fear in the house today? The fear of work. My kids constantly tell me, talking about, girl, you know, dad, I don't know. I'm afraid of work. I can't do it. I said, well, man, you know what? That's not even biblical because 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Amen. The point of all of this, guys, is there is a fear for everything. There's a fear for everything. And the reason why there's a fear for everything is because there is a devil that is out there trying to put fear in our hearts. And not just fear, but a spirit of fear, so that every decision that you make in life is not based off of what God has put in you, but it's based off of that spirit of fear in you. So every decision you make is based off that spirit of fear. But for 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, which is our key verse for this whole series, what does it say? God has what? Not. Come on, let's say that again. God has God. not. That means he hasn't given us the spirit of fear. So if that spirit of fear is on you, guess what? It's not from God. God said, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but here's what I've given you. This is an antidote to the spirit of fear. He says, I've given you power, love, and a sound mind. And so we started talking about this last week, how that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So today, I want to talk about one of the greatest fears that every single one of us are up against and that is the fear of failure the fear of failure have you ever had someone to come up to you and say oh it'll never work you don't have what it takes you're going to flunk out you're going to fail again That's just a dumb idea. I don't even know why you're trying. Why don't you just give up, throw in the towel, walk away? And so those words, if you don't know it or not, can cause fear to rise up inside of you. And fear that comes inside of you, again, it does not come from God. God wants to replace your fear with faith. And here's what I know, is that every time you take a step of faith into God's will for your life, Satan is going to come and try to talk you out of it. And he's going to tap into one of the greatest fears that we have, which is the fear of failure. And the reason why he taps into that fear, if you're taking notes, write this down, because everyone fears failure. Everyone fears failure. Failure. Every single one of us in this room today and those uh, listening in by podcast, at some point in time in our life, we fear failure. But the good news is that God has not given us a spirit of fear. And so if God hasn't given us the fear, then He's going to help us to overcome the fear. And it's important that you understand and realize that God wants to help us overcome this fear because when you give in to the fear of failure, it will cost you more than you can ever dream or imagine. And let me prove this to you. In the book of Matthew, Jesus is telling a parable. And he's kind of illustrating the cost of fear of failure. And so, you know the story well. He's, there's this guy that's going on the journey. He's called the master. And he calls three guys into his office. And he says to them, he says, hey guys, I'm, I'm going away. I need you to handle my affairs. And so to one guy, he gives five talents. To another guy, he gives two talents. To another guy, he gives one talent. I just kind of paraphrase the story for you. He says, hey, I'm going away, take care of this. So the first two guys, the guy with the five talents, the guy with the two talents, they take risk. They're not paralyzed by the fear of failure. They step out in faith. They make some investments. The guy with five doubles to ten. The guy with two doubles to four. But then the guy that had one talent, he allowed fear to paralyze him to the point to where he wasn't willing to take a risk. He wasn't willing to step out in faith. He wasn't willing to take what I would call a faith risk. And as a result, he buried his talent in the ground. Well, you know the story. The master comes back and he's like, okay, guys, it's time to give an account. He looks at the guy with five and he said, dude, you've made it to ten. The guy, two, you've made it to four. Hey, great job, But let's pick up the story right here in this dialogue he's having with the guy with one talent. Matthew 25, verse 24 and 28. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward. And this is what the guy said. He said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Okay? I knew you were a hard man. Verse 25. So I was afraid. I was afraid of trying. I was afraid I might not succeed. I was afraid to step out in faith. I was afraid. So I hid your talent in the ground, but here, take what's yours. Now, how do you think the master replied to this? Did he say, man, good job. Like, I'm proud of you. You played it safe. You didn't take risk. You didn't step out in faith. You didn't take that faith risk. I'm so proud of you. Way to go. No, watch what he says in verse 26. The master answered him, You wicked, slothful servant. You know what he said? He said, Dude, you're lazy. You're lazy. Verse 28. So take the talent from him and give it to the guy that's got ten talents. The fear paralyzed this guy to the point that the very thing he was trying to guard, he ended up losing in the end because he wasn't willing to step out by faith. And I think this story shows us how God feels about us when we play it safe, when we refuse to take faith risk in life, when we refuse to step out and do what God's called us to do. But again, that spirit of fear comes in and it will try to talk you out of doing what God's called you to do. But here's the thing that I want to say to you, man, when you step out in faith, you see God work in ways that you can never dream or even imagine. When you step out into what I call the faith zone, that's when God shows up. How many of you guys have ever been to the, uh, to the trampoline park in Raleigh, right off of Glenwood? I know some of you have. In this, it is an amazing building. You need to go check it out. But in this place, there's like the stairway to heaven, so to speak. And it's it's way up, almost really at the top. And you get up there and you jump off. Bam! And you hit this big old cushion thing. So, I mean, you're not going to get hurt. It's pretty cool. But... My family and I were there the other day, and we were going up the steps. My little son, Aiden, he was the first one up. He walked up, he looked at it, and he was like, eh, uh-uh, it ain't going to happen. So he kind of backed his way back on down. Where here comes Caleb. Caleb comes up. Woo! Here comes Lane. Yes, Samantha. Missed it. How I many years? It's going to take a while. I got a lot of kids. So all these guys come up, and then I come up, and I'm like, mm, Woo! Yes, Lord. I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, if you don't jump, you got your whole family. Look. There's it. look, people are all in the building looking at the big guy up here getting ready to jump. So I took the plunge and jump. So here comes Aiden. Aiden come back up and he was like, Mm-mm. and we were like, dude, you're not going to get hurt. Hey, believe, have some faith. And he took that step and jumped off and absolutely enjoyed it. What is it that God is calling you to do? What is God calling you to do? What is He calling you to do? For some of you right now, I believe that God has maybe given you a vision to start a business. But you're afraid to do it. And you're allowing all of the doubt. Well, what if the finances don't come in? What if this doesn't work? What if that don't work? And you hesitate when you should just jump. For some of you, you want to share the love of God in the covenant of marriage. But because you've been burned in a past relationship, you hesitate. And you say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that step. And there's that spirit comes in and says to you, no, that's too dangerous. You don't need to try that. You're going to get hurt. And so you stay blocked off and locked off instead of walking out into the faith zone. I know some ladies who have been hurt in a previous relationship, and they have spent years sitting in their house with rollers in the hair. (laughs) And they're sitting there talking about, why why are you not putting yourself out there? And they say, well, I'm waiting on God to send me a man. I'm waiting on Him to send me a man. And I'm like, what is God going to do? Is you think He's going to send you a man to knock on your front door, come in and cook you a meal and wash your clothes? Come on, I mean, you know, that's not going to happen. Take the rollers out of your hair, go buy you a dress and put yourself out there and let God do what he can only do in your life. And I'm not saying that you got to go out and just accept any and everybody. You know what I mean by that. But there's so many times in life where God's saying, hey, I want you to jump, but we're not willing to jump. We hesitate. And in hesitating, you miss the blessing of God. For others of you, I believe that God is calling you to biblically tithe. To give your your 10% to God's house. And you're like, man, I'm afraid it's not going to work. I don't know. This isn't going to happen. And so you hesitate. You're not willing to jump. And you guys know that we've been taking up our Offering Fit for the King of the past couple of weeks. That is actually still open. I actually had a family to call me last week and say, Pastor, man, we want to give a testimony. I said, good, lay it on me. They said, man, for Offering Fit for a King this year, we emptied out our saving account. I said, you did what? They said, we emptied out our savings account. I said, please tell me God's blessing you and you don't need it back. Some of y'all caught that. Some of you didn't. But anyway... They said, we emptied out our savings account for the first time. We gave the biggest offering we've ever given before. And I said, man, really? He said, yes. He said, and you're not going to believe it. We've been praying and believing God that God was going to give my wife a job. She's been looking a job. And the very same week they gave that Sunday, that very same week, he said, my wife received a call and received the job that pays her double the amount every month of what we gave. How many of you know that is only God right there? When you step out in faith into that area where there's nothing but God, He always provides. And so God's calling for some of you to step up. For some of you men in the house, I believe God's calling you to be the spiritual leader of your family, but you hesitate. Well, what if, I, what if I don't know enough? What if I'm, I pray wrong? What if I try to teach the Bible and it doesn't work out? Listen, you are the priest of your home. God has anointed you. God has blessed you. And if you would just step up and step into the role that God has given you to be the priest of your home, to be that spiritual leader of your home, God would bless that. But so many times we can go on and on and on. That spirit of fear comes on and that fear of rejection happens and we hesitate. We stop when we should be going forward. So the question is, how do we overcome the fear of failure? Let me give you three thoughts today on how to overcome the fear of failure. Here's the first one if you're taking notes. The first thing you have to realize when it comes to overcoming the fear of failure, number one, realizing you will fail. You will fail. And some of you come in you're like, dude, I wanted to be built up today and you've already told me I'm going to fail. <laughs> but that's the point. You're going to fail. Write it down. Embrace the truth that unless you're Jesus Christ or unless you just don't try anything at all, you're going to fail. But don't fear it. Embrace it as a part of the growing process towards success. You know, when I was early in my life, I worked in construction And I used to make mistakes, make mistakes all the time. And I'm thinking to myself, man, the boss is going to come, he's going to fire me. And I remember the boss coming on the job one time and he said, Peacock, come here, let's talk. And so I went to him and he said, look, he said, "I, I know you've been making some mistakes here lately. He said, but I just wanted to let you know that if you're never making a mistake, you're not really trying anything new. He said, so I want to just tell you how much I appreciate that. He said, now don't keep making them. He said, learn from them. He said, but don't let that one mistake paralyze you into thinking that that's it. Matter of fact, James chapter 3, verse 2 tells us this, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone doesn't stumble, he's a perfect man. Come on, how many of you know nobody's perfect? The Bible says on your best day, you're still dirty. So we all stumble, we all fail, and unless you live your life never trying anything at all, get ready for it, you're going to fail. Embrace the thought. And here's the key to all this. This is not in your notes, so I want you to write this down. Here's the key when you do fail, ask yourself, or excuse me, allow yourself to feel disappointment, not disapproval. And that's big there. When you fail, allow yourself to feel disappointment, but not disapproval. Because the enemy of your soul will come in and condemn you and make you feel like you're a failure and make you feel like you're no good and you don't have what it takes. But hear me today. Just because you failed at something does not mean you're a failure. Just because you failed at something doesn't mean you're a failure. Matter of fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. Failure is an event, never a person. Failure is an event, never a person. And I would argue with you that not only are you going to fail in life, but there's going to be times in your life where God will allow you to fail because He knows that through failure He can do something in you that He otherwise could not do. And I thought about Peter. How many of you guys remember Peter in the New Testament? One of the greatest guys in the New Testament. And Peter was known for a lot of successes. But Peter was also known for what? A lot of failures. Peter failed big time. One of the most effective men in all of the Scripture. And yet, he failed over and over and over. But you know when he failed? It was when he was full of himself when he was cocky, when he felt like he could do everything on his own and he didn't need any help. And you remember the time where Jesus was going to the disciples and he was getting ready to go to the garden and he was talking to them and he was like, guys, listen. He said, "Uh, uh, you're all going to betray me. You're all going to walk away from me. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be crucified, but I'm rising the third day. But hey, you know, hold true. And here comes Peter, true to form. Lord, I'll never deny you. Lord, everybody else will walk away, but I will be with you. I'm your man. And in Luke chapter 22, there's this this, this really important phrase that you need to get where the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and said, Hey, Peter, Satan's come to me and asked me to sift you as wheat. He says, But Peter, I need you to know something. I've prayed that your faith will not fail. And so in all of that, just 24 hours leading up to the crucifixion, what happened to Peter? He went to sleep during the last prayer meeting that Jesus ever conducted. He went back to his angry temper and cut a guy's ear off. He went back to his cussing fits and cussed somebody out hours before the crucifixion. He denied Jesus three times. He was one of the guys that took off running when they come to arrest Jesus. Over and over and over again, Peter kept failing. He kept messing up. But I guarantee you that what Peter saw as a huge setback, God saw it as a huge setup for what he wanted to do in him. You see, God had to do something in Peter before he could do something through Peter. That's big right there. And sometimes in your life, God will have to do something in you before he could do something through you. Peter had to get Peter out of Peter, if you know what I mean. He had to get Peter out of himself to stop relying on himself and depending on himself and to depend on God. And so even though Peter was failing at some things, God used him to succeed on the day of Pentecost when he preached one time and 3,000 people came to Jesus Christ and he birthed the New Testament church all in one day. So just because you fail at something does not mean you are a failure. You will fail in life, but it is part of the growing towards success. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 says we can rejoice. When do we rejoice? When we run into problems and trials. So when you hit a wall, when you fail, when problems come your way and roadblocks come your way, what does it say? It says rejoice. Why? Because they help us to develop endurance. God is doing something in us. So it's not a question of if you're going to fail, you're going to fail But look at it as I'm growing towards success. God is needing to do something in me before He can do something through me. Here's the second way that you overcome the fear of failure. And that is realizing that you can overcome it. You're going to fail, but you can overcome it. How do you overcome it? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony, the Scripture says. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 16 says, For the righteous fall seven times. What does it say? They rise again. So what happens? You get knocked down. What do you do? You get back up. You stumble and fall. What do you do? You get back up. It's like riding the bicycle, if you will. When you fall, when you ride a bike, what do you do? You get up. You skin your knees, but you get up. You skin your elbows, but you get up. So if you fall, you get back up. You don't quit. You don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. And history is full of individuals who kept going, who overcame. I thought about one gentleman. When you look at his life from age seven all the way until age 51, it is riddled with one failure after another, after another, after another. For instance, at age seven... His family lost their home, and he had to go to work to help support the family. At age nine, his mother died. At age 22, he lost his job as a store clerk, applied for law school, and was rejected. At age 23, he went into debt with a partner. They started a small business. Three years into it, his partner died. At age 28, after a four-year romance with the woman who he thought was going to be his wife, he proposed to her, and she said no. At age 37, on his third try, he was finally elected to Congress. At age 39, he failed to be reelected and have a nervous breakdown. At age 41, his four-year-old son died. At age 42, he ran for land officer and lost. At age 45, he ran for the Senate and lost. At age 47, he ran for the vice presidency and lost. At age 49, he ran for the Senate again and lost. At age 51, he was elected president and became known as one of the greatest presidents we've ever had, Abraham Lincoln. Don't let failure knock you down and keep you from getting back up, dusting yourself off, and stepping out in faith to do what God's called you to do. One failure after another, but this guy kept going. And just because you fail, you can overcome. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 tells us, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not what? If we do not give up. It doesn't matter what happens to you. It matters what's happening in you. God may be doing something in you to prepare you for what He wants to do through you. So when it comes to overcoming the fear of failure, realize, hey, I'm going to fail. But then number two, I'm realizing that because of Christ... Because of the blood of the Lamb, because of the word of my testimony, I'm going to overcome. But then here's number three. Don't miss this. In order to please God, you got to take some faith risk. you got to take some faith risk. I want you to listen to me right now, guys. I want you to lean in. You cannot please God without taking faith risk. You cannot please God without faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's got to be times in your life where you stop worrying about play it, playing it safe and you step out into the faith zone and say, God, it's this place where if I step out and if you don't show up, I'm going to fall flat on my face. But you cannot play it safe and please God. You can't bury your talent in the ground and please God. You know, I thought about Peter. We were talking about him, and he had some successes, he had some failures. And there was one point in his life where a lot of people feel like he failed. It was the time where he was walking on the water and he began to sink. You remember that? Jesus came walking to the disciples on the water. They're in the boat. He looks at them. He says, hey, which one of y'all want to come out to me? Peter was the first guy that threw his leg over the boat and said, Lord, I'm coming to you. And he's walking to Jesus on something that everybody else is sinking in. He takes his eyes off Jesus and begins to sink. And at that moment, I've heard preacher after preacher say he failed on that day. But I don't think Peter failed. I think the 11 other guys who stayed in the boat failed. Because he was the only one willing to step out in faith to go toward Jesus. He took a huge faith risk and stepped out of the boat. You can't please God and play it safe, guys. you got to step out in faith. Is it scary? Absolutely. Do you know how it's going to end up? No. But how sad is it to get to the end of your life and be filled with the thoughts of regret of what could have been, what should have been, what would have been if I wasn't afraid to try. If I wasn't afraid to step out. Here's what you have to understand. When you step out in faith and God is in on it, you can't be stopped. Let me prove it to you in Acts chapter 5. <clears throat> Peter was going around preaching. He'd get beat up and thrown in jail. He'd get out, he'd preach, get beat up, thrown in jail. He'd get out, he'd preach, you know, get beat up, thrown in jail. And it was just kind of a pattern. And so the Pharisees got together and, or the Sanhedrin rather, got together and they were like, man, we got to do something with this guy and his buddies, because they're out of control and they're going to turn this world upside down. And we got to stop them. And there was a Pharisee that was there by the name of Gamaliel, And he stepped forward in Acts chapter 5, verse 38 and 39. Watch what he says. He says, Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, if they're in it for themselves, if they're in it trying to get success for themselves, if they're in it trying to get glory and fame for themselves, what does he say? It will fail. But if it's from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. Take a step of faith. What if I fall? What if you fall? What if I mess up? What if you mess up? Step out in faith. You know, when our kids were growing up, it's still hard, but... Caleb was really young, and he used to put him a little little that little thing right here with the arm floaties and everything, and and he would stand at the edge of the pool and he was scared to jump in. And so I would step into the pool and I'd walk over there and I'd say, Hey buddy, I got you jump. No problem. And time after time he would jump. He would jump. He would jump. If I was there, if Misty was there, he would jump. And eventually he got to the point where he would jump if no one was there. And I remember asking him one day, I said, Caleb, I said, man, what what causes you to jump when I'm there? He said, Daddy, I know you'll catch me. I know you'll catch me. There's a father in heaven named Jesus Christ that loves you and says, hey, I'll catch you. I'll catch you. If you step out in faith and do what God has called you to do, He said, I'll catch you. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Step out in faith. Get some counsel. Get some wise advice. Hey, this is what I feel God's saying in my heart. Let's pray about it. But if you've got peace in your soul at the end of all of that, jump jump don't allow the fear of failure to hold you back don't allow the fear of what if I mess up you're going to mess up but you're going to overcome because you're willing to take a faith risk and say God we're, we're giving it up we're giving it all to you yeah my wife and I planted what was awakening church and we started out in the living room. And we started out and we had, we had $5,800. $5,800 to plant what would be the Awakening Church. It's the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I don't recommend it. And now I'm, I'm you know, the, the North Carolina church planting person. And so I tell these guys, get all the money you can get, brother, because you're going to need it. $5,800. We went into the Howell Theater right here in Smithfield. 5800 bucks. We bought the sound equipment. We bought mics. We bought a little bit of stuff for kids and stuff like that. And we opened up on day one with zero. And I remember talking to Missy and I was like, baby girl, if somebody doesn't show up and if somebody doesn't give, we're out. Big faith step. I remember if you know anything about the Howell Theater, it's, it's two stories. And I was sitting on the second story, and I'd gotten dressed, and I was sitting there and I was praying. And I remember pulling the curtain back, looking out the window, and I just saw people just one after another, after another, after another coming in. It's a faith step. It's a faith step. And all through our lives, we have been willing to take faith risk. Have we succeeded with everything? No. But I can tell you this, those moments and times where we felt God calling us to do something and we stepped out in faith after seeking that wise counsel and praying about it, we step out in faith, God was always there. He was always there to catch us. Sometimes it worked out exactly the way we saw it. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it worked out a whole lot better. But the point in your life is this, don't wait till you get to the end to look back with regret. Step out. What's God calling you to do? Is God calling you to expand your business? Is God calling you to start a business? Get some wise counsel? Is God, look, for some of you, because look, right now we're all homeschooling our kids. Come on, amen? At least for a couple more weeks. And for some of you, maybe it's working great for you. And you say, you know what? Man, I believe God wants me to homeschool my children. And so for you, maybe that's your step. And you say, well, I, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if I know enough. I don't. Listen, if there's a peace in your heart and you've got that wise counsel, you've prayed about it and you've got a peace about it, why hesitate? Step out. Step out. you be involved in your kids' lives every single day. Don't know that that's a good thing, but step out. Our kids are driving us crazy. We're ready for them to go back to school. Amen. But for some of you, maybe that works for you and you like it. Step out in faith and do what God's called you to do. Stand with me all over the house today. Father, we want to live our lives with no regret. God, I don't want to get to the end of of my life and look back and think about what could have been and what should have been because I was afraid to try Lord, I know that this fear of failure paralyzes us. But God, it also costs us. It'll cost us some of the biggest blessings we could ever receive in our lives here on this earth. And so, God, we want to break that spirit off of us today. Because, Lord, that, that spirit of fear, it's not from you. And Lord, we pray that you will help us to overcome. Help us to get to the point in our lives, Lord, where, where we can take those faith risks. or we can step out and say, God, I'm stepping into nowhere. And if you don't show up, I'm going to fall. But God, I believe you're in on this thing. And I'm stepping out. And I pray, Father, that in those moments that you'll speak into our hearts. Help us to receive from you. Help us to to, to have that peace that surpasses all understanding by by doing what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. How many of you guys in here today would say, Pastor, man, I've been hesitating. I've been holding back on some stuff, but man, I'm I'm ready to let go. I'm ready to step out in faith. How many of you guys could say, Pray for me in that venture. Seize the hand, seize the hand, 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 hand. Seize these hands. I'm ready to step out in faith. Father, I pray right now for every hand that was raised. Lord, give them that peace that they need. Help them to seek the wise counsel. Help them to pray, to fast. But Lord, at the end of the day, if they sense you in on this thing, help them step out. Lord, break that spirit of fear off their lives and help them to step out right now. And say, Lord, I'm stepping out. And I'm trusting you. And I'm going all in. To be the person you've called me to be. To be the man you've called me to be. To be the woman you've called me to be. God, I'm stepping out in faith. You know, one of the biggest faith steps you can ever take in your life is to surrender you. That's the biggest step of faith you'll ever take. Is to surrender you. To resign as the CEO of your life. And say, God... I'm opening my heart to you, and I'm trusting in you. And I want to receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I want you to lead me and guide me through this thing called life. That's the biggest step of faith you' ever make. And maybe you've, maybe you've been a little hesitant about that. Maybe you're like, "Man, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this. Listen to me. God has brought you here for this reason to knock on the door of your heart and say, "Hey, I want a relationship with you." I just need you to let go and receive me. So if you're in the house today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity right now to say I'm taking the step of faith. Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm ready to go all in. Slip your hand up. I want to go all in. I'm ready to give my life over to Jesus. I'm ready to surrender me and say, Lord, I need you. Father, right now, Lord, we pray for everyone in this place today. God, you know the hearts, you know the souls, you know what we're battling, you know what we're up against. And so God, we give our hearts to you. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to take those faith risks all along the way. God, help us to trust in you. You have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said amen. Amen. Come on, give God a big hand. God of praise all over the house.